0: Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. From ABC, this is the Ten Percent Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. I'll admit I don't I, I know next to nothing, maybe no full-on nothing, about country music, but my now former producer, uh, Lauren, got really excited. Both of us got, and then she got me excited when uh, we saw that Brett Eldridge was tweeting about how much he liked the podcast and 10% Happier and all that stuff. And so Brett is a really big deal in the country music world. Uh, Lauren is a huge fan, one of the few times she's ever asked to take a picture with one of our guests. And I now am a huge fan because he's just such a cool guy. And we talked a lot about... Things that I I think have been very uncomfortable for him to talk about, and very brave of him to talk about anxiety and other. Other very common things that many of us are dealing with, but uh, you know, you would be surprised to hear from somebody in the in the spotlight in this way, uh, talking about it, um, and, and from you know coming from such a macho world, talking about this kind of vulnerability. I give him a lot of credit for for the revelations uh, you will hear in in the course of this podcast. We also talk about how to be in a social media era with with some sanity. And uh, I've been interested lately about how to operationalize something that a lot of people talk about in a way that is often stuck in the realm of platitude, which is gratitude. And Brett has a lot of thoughts about how to actually bring gratitude into your life in a way that's not so cheesy, but actually makes a big difference. So Brett's coming up. Uh, again, very impressed by this guy. But first, let's do your voicemails. Here's number one.
1: Hi, Dan. Steve from Northern Colorado, looking for tips, um, an approach to using the app and listening to your podcast that don't short circuit the practice that we are all seeking. The phones and multitasking nature of podcasts, I kind of feel our mindfulness sinks. They're like mindfulness vacuums, and I feel like I'm undoing everything I did during meditation by listening to a podcast while I'm driving to work, and even browsing through the app looking for my next meditation. So there's some way to approach the current environment of meditation consumption so that we're not taking one step forward and two steps back.
0: Thank you. That is such a great question. So I'll just free associate for a minute here. As it pertains to the podcast and driving to work, you know, I, I love podcasts. So I find myself, I, I don't drive, but I do walk um, a few blocks to uh, to and from work. And I do find myself at times, you know, list, popping in a podcast for my walk. I don't know that I feel badly about that, but I do sometimes, though, if I find that I, I, I need a little bit of to calm down, um, or to come down from whatever excitement I, or or, um, or trauma that I've just experienced in the workplace, uh, or, if my, or, or at home, if my son is uh, throwing a tantrum, I will take the earbuds out and just walk mindfully, maybe doing a little bit of a noting practice. So I guess I would say the same thing for driving. I think that Listening to people talk about meditation has – it's not the same as meditating, but it really informs the practice in some really important ways. It normalizes it. It can inspire you to stay with it. It can open you up to things that you hadn't uh, heretofore seen. So I don't consider listening to that po- the podcast while you're driving to be multitasking in the pejorative sense of multitasking. Obviously, it is on some level, but not like – Checking your Twitter at mentions in the middle of a conversation with another person that that would be multitasking at its worst. So that being said, though, just like with my walks, where sometimes I do listen to podcasts, sometimes when I need to decompress a little bit, I'll take, as I said, I'll take the earbuds out. And so I would say that sometimes when you're driving, if you find that you're uh, feeling a little frazzled or not fully focused, or you know, a little guilty about uh, the aforementioned multitasking, then maybe you know. Turn the podcast off. I hate to recommend turning the podcast off, but uh, you know go for it and you can drive mindfully. I'm sure you know how to do this, but you can just feel the sensations of your hands on the wheel, what it's like with your body in the chair, all of the sights and sounds around you as you drive this by the way is a much safer way to drive I would imagine so anything as we all know can be turned into a mindfulness practice and you can do the same thing with driving so that's the first part of your question about. The podcast, listening to the podcast while driving, I, I, just the, the headline there, I, I don't think that's something to feel super guilty about, but if you're getting in your head about it or feeling like you need some pure form of uh, mindfulness, then then turn turn the podcast off and just mindfully drive. As for the shopping around in the app for your next meditation, I I, I hear you when you say that it can be like undoing all of the progress you might've made uh, while, you know, with your eyes closed meditating. I think this is just another thing to bring mindfulness to, to notice as you're swiping around, what is that doing? You know, is there, is your chest tightening? Is it giving you a headache at all? Do you find your breathing changes? Because the tool, the ability to, have these great teachers on demand who can give you these incredible guided meditation instructions is an awesome one. And I'm not just saying that because um, it's my company, uh, or i it's not my company, but I'm one of the co-founders of this company. I'm not just, obviously, I do have some self-interest here, but even before I got into the app business, I still believed that meditation apps were a really good idea. Even though they're a little bit contradictory on their face, because you're you're uh, using the thing that is the engine of most of our distraction uh, these days, and now you're going to put meditation on there. That on some level, you, you could get cynical about that. But I actually think that when it comes to technology, you got to fight fire with fire. So I would argue you should keep using the app. Well, I hope you keep using the app. Everybody should, you know, who wants to should use it. But there's no question that you, you are using this technology, which can be the source of so much distraction. So can you bring mindfulness to that process? And I think you can. And there, in fact, is a great meditation on the app. Actually, there's a video and a meditation from Alexis Santos about mindfully using your phone, which I think is excellent. It really, and really – and it's not like hacks for using your phone uh, more mindfully. It literally is – the experience of using your phone, can, can that be a mindfulness exercise in and of itself? And so I found that to be really useful. Hopefully, some of the foregoing was useful to you, but great question. You really got me thinking. I appreciate it. Here is voicemail number two.
2: Hi, Dan. My name is Becky, and I live in Utah, and I'm interested in um, the aspect of your panic attacks. You've talked a lot about the panic attack you had on national TV, and it's in your book. So what I wonder is, have you had subsequent panic attacks and how has meditation and the way that you practice Buddhism helped you to handle those panic attacks um, and maybe reframe them in a way that you understand they will happen and that you can get through them and that maybe they don't have to be debilitating or have you not had any more panic attacks? Um, I just... Have wondered that aspect because I, too, have dealt with panic attacks and um, am trying to reframe them in a more accepting and different light. So that is my question. And uh, thanks again for your podcast and your books. I really appreciate them. Have a good day.
0: Thank you, Becky. I have a lot to say on this. So I let me. I I would say the reframing that I've done around the panic attacks uh, is. I don't know if it's meditative. Basically, the best way that – in my experience, and I can only speak from my experience, to, to prevent future panic attacks is to take care of yourself. I've, I've said this before, so apologies f- this part for the repetition. But um, I think if a panic attack is upon you, hurling yourself into the lotus position probably isn't uh, – um, like I, I for me, in the grips of panic, it it's, doesn't seem like an option. But taking care of yourself f- fully – You know, so getting enough sleep, getting exercise, eating well, all the things your parents lectured you about, doing all of those basic things, actually, in my experience and according to the doctor who I consulted after I um, had the now famous panic attack on television, uh, you know, his argument was you got to treat yourself like a thoroughbred. I, of course, quite famously thought he was telling me I was a stallion, but no, he meant thoroughbred. Uh, And, you know, thoroughbreds are are finicky um, uh, and delicate creatures, and they need to be treated with a lot of care. And you need to treat yourself, if you're having panic attacks, with a lot of care because that will reduce the chances of having future panic attacks. Now, there are also medical ways to deal with it. Beta blockers uh, for people who have panic – like me, who have panic attacks in a performance setting, so in front of a live audience or on live television, uh, beta blockers – I found can be incredibly effective, and there's a lot of evidence that they're wa- used quite widely by people who have to get up and give talks, or perform, or even perform surgery. I've heard so that that can beta blockers are non narcotic and can really prevent any. That you you may have the psychological feelings of nervousness, but they they prevent the physiological ramifications. So uh, your heart won't be racing. It literally puts a cap on how fast your heart can go, as, as I understand it. So you, you, you can get pretty nervous, but you won't have this spiral of your heart's racing so fast that then your mind gets so freaked out that your heart starts racing faster and your mind gets even more freaked out, and then you're in a full-blown panic attack. So that's the reframing. The reframing for me is about uh, seeing the panic as a, a provocation to sort of holistic self-care. Meditation is another – my view and my experience another way to to, – another form of preventive medicine. So do I still get panic attacks? I haven't had a full-blown one – I don't think I've had a full-blown one since, you know, the mid-2000s. But I've had little tastes of it coming on. Uh, Once was on a subway maybe five, six, seven years ago in New York City, and I I just got off. I've had other moments of feeling – panic um, in airplane bathrooms when they're really small. I have really intense claustrophobia. Um, But in both occasions, I was able to kind of extricate myself from the situation so it didn't escalate. And I've had a few moments on television where I felt like the initial tinglings of panic were coming on, and it didn't, either because uh, I had taken a beta blocker or because—no, probably because I'd taken a beta blocker, although I do think there are some—notwithstanding you know, what I said at the beginning about how— when a panic attack comes on, you you know throwing yourself into the lotus position is probably not going to work. I do find that the at, at the I have noticed that if I feel the initial tinglings, if I am mindful of them and turn into it rather than trying to run away, so just to investigate mindfully what how the panic is showing up in my body, that that is useful. But of course, I'm doing all these other things too. So I don't know, back in the bad old days when I was not taking care of myself and had a little a robust little side medi- uh, cocaine habit and didn't have meditation in my life and wasn't getting enough sleep, I don't know that, you know, teaching me how to meditate in and of itself would have been enough. I think that it would have really – I think what's also required is is the self-care that I talked about earlier Long rambly answer, but thank you for the question, and I'm sorry you're dealing with panic attacks. The first thing I would recommend is you know, really taking care of yourself because I think that, that boosts the odds that you will um, not have them in the first place. And then I think uh, seeing a medical professional because there are lots of things that can also be done uh, medically and psychologically uh, both from a therapy standpoint and, and from a pill you might take, that could be useful. And then finally, I do think meditation is helpful as well, but it it's uh, both on, primarily, in my experience, on a preventive level, uh, and yes, a little bit on the uh, sort of when you're freaking out, can this slow it down level too. Although panic is so strong, I sometimes worry that telling people that they can meditate their way out of a panic attack is uh, a fool's errand, uh, at least for somebody at my low level of meditation practice. So thank you and best of luck to you. Uh, All right, Brett Eldridge, the guy's a big star in the country world, um, has dealt, um, and I think uh, you will hear him talk quite forthrightly and bravely about uh, his experiences with anxiety. And uh, and what it's like to be in such a competitive business. And can you feel happy for people who have hit songs more than you do? And uh, this is just a wide ranging and really interesting conversation and a, such a pleasant surprise because I knew so little about him coming in, going in. And I came out very, very impressed, as I suspect you will be. So here's Brett. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you. Well, I guess we met over Twitter. Yeah, We met over Twitter. What's the story there? How did I can't remember
3: how we got connected? I, well, I kind of. I've really got on a self betterment after over the last couple of years, I've tried to, you know, incorporate reading. And then I was like, cause there's so many stresses in what I do is like, okay. And I kind of got overwhelmed completely, um, by all the things you have to do as a person in the spotlight, which I know that you can relate to because yeah. uh, and and how I kind of got drawn to, um, the mindfulness world. And then, and, uh, and then I got into, started to kind of open up about it and telling, um, I wanted to share my story because of how much I've had struggled with it and still at times, but way better than I was to let everybody know it's the most human thing there is to experience. And that, that, uh, what, so, what's
0: the most human things, uh, stress, just go, yeah,
3: distress and, and worries and, and the, all that kind of crazy madness that goes through your mind of, just uh, things that you have to do and pleasing people and all these different things and and uh, and so I I dove into trying to m- figure out how to get through that without medications or anything like that. Just and uh, and that's how I found the Temperature Happier app and, and stuff like that and really s- sat in the back of my bus and m- meditated and tried to figure out what the heck I was doing and and uh, just all these different things. So, anyways, I think. I started to talk about that and some other places and podcasts and stuff like that. And some people started seeing And Somehow we got connected. Maybe somebody tweeted me and said, Yeah, I I somebody, yeah someone on tweeted the show. you yeah. that you should totally do Timbers and Happier podcast. And I was like, Oh, oh hell yeah. Or and then you said, It sounds like you're perfect for the podcast. And I was like, Hell yes, let's go. So here we are. It was exciting yeah. for me when it Yeah, I think.
0: I don't remember the exact order of operations, but it was something to the effect of somebody, a fan of both of ours, said, hey, uh, you should have this guy on the show, and we were both in the tweet, and I said, and one of us replied, and and the fact that you replied was very exciting to me and that the, you knew anything about meditation or oh, you yeah. heard of me. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing.
3: Some country guy knows yeah. what yeah. meditation is. It's great. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm so excited. I have a million questions for you.
3: Yeah, bring it on. Man. Can,
0: can you tell me about you talked a little bit about the stresses mm-hmm. but for, for looking at you from 30,000 feet i mean you're young yeah you seem very healthy yeah good looking guy phenomenally successful way taller than i want you to be yeah. because it's <laughs> intimidating to me yeah. what is what is the what is to be stressed about uh um, what is there to not like
3: uh, you know I, I i came from from a warrior my mother was a worrier, her mother was a worrier, you know, and, and so I naturally had that. And I'm, I'm, I'm very close to my mother. I love her to death. And, uh, and both of my parents, but, uh, I, uh, I learned worrying, you know, from an early age and then, but I never really thought about it. I think I was pretty, I was stressed out about stuff as a kid. I would kind of have like panic attack kind of stuff, but didn't even know what that was real full on panic attacks. So a little bit, I mean, I would get like short of breath kind of stuff. And, my arms would go numb or something, oh, you wow. know, when I'm laying in bed at night and I never could figure out what it was. And so
0: it wasn't even it was it wasn't like you were being chased by a tiger. Yeah. is you were the tiger and the person being chased. Yeah. Like you were yeah. freaking yourself out just sitting yeah, yeah. in bed.
3: Yeah, just like with with worry stuff and, and and then, you know, you go to college and you know, I'm partying and having fun, you know, doing the college thing and I remember times when I'd go to a party and I would be breaking into sweats. And like this trench, was, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, you know, and, and. Would that be like talking to somebody? It would be talking to somebody. Like trying to, trying to put the moves on somebody? Or. No, no, just, totally just like at a, at a party. And I'm sure it was a social thing. Uh, and, and, and most people think I'm super outgoing and I am, and especially in the limelight, but I'm also a very kind of introverted, um, hideout on my own kind of guy too. So, um, I know how to turn it on. It's not like I'm being fake. It's just in a, I I get excited about being in front of the camera, and all my worries building up to it make me freaked out about it. But when I get there, I'm 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 you know I could be a superhero up there once I get there. You know I feel like if I get a crowd or I know you know I'm in my element in my flow of what I do, I turn into a, the the best version of of feeling alive of myself. And so it was. It's all the psyche going up to it. And, you know, say with music now, it's you get on a bus at, if you're riding the bus, you get on the bus at 11 o'clock at night. You ride through the night. You get to the venue at 8 a.m., 7 a.m., and then you don't play till 10 o'clock. So the mind games go through the day if you're really just thinking about, okay, I got to do all this. I got to do all this. Oh, yeah. And then eventually I got to play a show. And I would get to the point where, i I'm not like I'm not stage I don't have stage fright really, but I would build myself up to thinking that there like something was gonna happen to me when I was on the stage or I, like I was gonna have a panic attack on stage or i was', yeah. I was not gonna like they're gonna see me as a f as a fool or whatever i'm gonna they're gonna see me fail and i'm I'm such a self critic mm-hmm. um that i I want my vocals to be perfect and you know and so I put so much pressure on myself going up to that. And about two years ago, or or so, and my fans don't even—I've hardly talked much about this stuff, but my fans didn't really know. But but I would—I remember one time I almost passed out before I went on stage. I mean, I had to sit down, like all this like crazy music's going on, and like to you know, they build you build energy before you run out there on stage, and hey, the the star is here to sing songs for you, whatever. And I remember I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm I'm freaked out, and I'm short of breath and i'm seeing stars and and uh and i had to like sit down a side stage and then i i get out there and eventually it's okay it's you know? scary though it I, is i know that feeling <laughs> yeah.
0: really well it's yeah. really scary
3: and so i got to the point where you know and i had tried medications and stuff through the years and for some people that worked for me it it totally was not my thing what about it um it would give me I think I think because my my body's so on edge, I know my body pretty well. I'm very health conscious, probably overly. And I would, if I would ever take a medication or try something to help, you know, relax myself, I, it would make, I would notice it. And then it mm-hmm. would build into, you know, my hands going numb or short of breath. It would be like the opposite of what I wanted to be. I
0: see, because you would feel the effects. Yes. And, and, and then, then you focus- start freaking and then, out. Yes. And then you
3: manifest it into more. Mm-hmm. And so it was a that, you know. Cause I was, do you play in a hundred and some shows a year or something? I mean, when there's a point in my career where I was playing like half the year I was playing shows and that doesn't count the travel. Um, and so, you know, so I was going through stuff like that and I got to the point where, okay, medication's not working. What in the world, what can I do to, to figure this out? And I've come from a town called Paris, Illinois, which is 8,000 people. You didn't know anything about therapy. If you did know anything about therapy, it was weird or something that you know crazy people go to or something. You know that's what, and and so for me it was it, I, I didn't even know about that kind of stuff. So I, I started to figure out, started to really start reading up and trying to figure out ways and seeing that okay, there's a lot of people that go to therapy, and then I you know I would go to do that and be like, this is amazing, you know, because you have somebody unbiased to talk to you about it as well, other than just a friend. And so I started doing stuff like that, and I just tried to better myself so I could give my best self on stage. And then I got into mindfulness, and I really think, as you've said, and as as I've seen, there's no way to become a master at it. But and I still think I suck at it a lot of the time. But I've found, I have found it helpful in a lot of ways if I really just commit myself to it to chilling myself out for a little while that that I can handle this stuff, you know, and 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 actually enjoy it again because I went through a stage. Where I was so hyped up about it that I wasn't able to really enjoy what I loved to do. Oh, why man. I moved to Nashville and why I wanted to d- dreamt to get songs on the radio, and then I got songs on the radio. And I loved that in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, I just got all these pressures. And I was, I'm, I'm never was never a guy that like went and drank because I was pressures or anything like that. It was just I would take it all on myself, and I would, I would just live in my own trapped box. And no one would know, and that's the other thing is I, I'm very good at hiding it, and and I think a lot of people are because you don't really think you don't look around and you think that person's having, just just totally freaking out on the inside right now. You just see them smile, or maybe they were a little guarded or whatever. But so I, I, I started to see that it's it's a normal thing, and then totally normal. We've I, had
0: I've had so many unbelievably successful and famous people sitting in the chair you're sitting in right now yeah saying very similar things yeah. that you're just at the point when this is what you're saying you're just at this point where everything's coming all your dreams are coming true you're killing it at the mm-hmm. thing you were born to do yeah and why does it suck so hard yeah what is wrong with you yeah. right that's what you're saying to yeah,
3: yourself and, and, and then you keep saying that to yourself and then it makes it worse but you
0: did a wise thing and especially given the fact that you're you weren't programmed to do what you did.
3: Yes. And that's the that's the point. That's a great point, is you get I mean, a human's not supposed to really experience this kind of thing. Really. Well no,
0: but I mean I mean even more I mean it is an even bigger compliment, which is that I grew up in a touchy feely liberal household in Massachusetts. My parents were doctors. If I had a problem, I knew to go to a shrink. My parents sent me to shrink when I was a little boy. Yeah, yeah. So I I had all the, and I still did every, all the dumb stuff. Everybody knows I did. Yeah. So I had access to the resources. Mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> you, you'd had no, it wasn't on your radar. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the way it was for me. And yet you did the reading, you did the research, you found these things. Yeah. That is pretty incredible. I think.
3: Yeah. Well, well thank you. I mean, I'm still, and I'm still, you know, I would say I'm, I'm definitely even more than 10% in a better place of where I was than. But I, you know, I I try to find that magic of what I, I I always compare it to like going to Disneyland when you're a kid and like with music, I'm always trying to find the magic of when you go to a kid, you go to Disneyland, you're like, this is the most magical place in the world or, or anywhere like just some really cool place. And then you peel back the curtains and you, you start looking at everything and it's not exactly the same for me. It's like when I got, I moved to Nashville, you grow up, you move to Nashville, you get excited, you, these things start happening, and then you actually get into the depth of the business and you get the depth of everything and it starts to eat away at your soul a little bit, <laughs> you know? And so for me, I really had to um, try to figure out how to, to deal with the things that I don't love about it also to find, so I'm always trying to go back to what, you know. I'm always trying to go back to Disneyland and, and find that magic again, you know? And so, and I'm slowly getting there again. I'm slowly like having fun during the day. Um, I'm having fun at um, backstage, like, you know, and everybody's backstage, maybe having a drink before the show and dancing around and then just laughing and playing dodgeball backstage. Cause a lot of people don't realize how long the dates can be um, backstage. I mean, or wherever you are I mean, if you go to amphitheater you're just in the middle of a field sometimes or you're in the middle of a gigantic campground and you're kind of limited to what you do so how do i get out and do stuff and not sit here and worry about really no reason to worry but find things to worry about or go out and get into it and so yeah you know, over the last two years i would say i've really dove into that i go hiking and i got a dog and which is that's amazing that helps and so I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm I am growing I would say, I, I, sounds to me
0: like you are. I want to talk about your dog because I hear the dog is famous. Yes, um, <laughs> which uh, is weird in itself. But yes. So <laughs> I, I'm an animal lover. Um, yeah. But on, on the disenchantment uh, that you on Disneyland going sour, I say that with some hesitation because.
3: I are know, know. owned why, by Disney here. That's why I tried to. Uh, I remembered that. And I was like, oh, well, I love Disney. I was nothing against Disneyland. So.
0: What did you see once you got successful that was disenchanting for you?
3: I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you can talk about this without getting yourself in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think I'll get myself in trouble. I, mean, I think. I think a lot of artists deal with this. Of you, kind of, you put yourself. Everything is in comparison in a lot of ways. You know, you're this person's got this going on in their career. You know, it's a, it's a keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. of this person's got this going on, and then it's it's built like okay, we got to do this to, cap, to catch that or go ahead. Why of is that.
0: Kenny Chesney selling so many records? That yeah, oh yeah, good, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Which I love, Kenny. <laughs> um, I don't know but, anything about country, but yeah. But that's what it is. It's like this, well, this and, then, and then people will get kind of sour about it and say that's about this, and and it would just be like, whoa! I just want to like, I just want to make music. I don't want to. I don't really want to feel that. And then you feel that when you're going to, you know, an event or whatever, and then it makes you insecure because you're, and I, I mean, I have insecurities or whatever. It's not like I'm not comfortable with myself completely, but you know, then you would go in and be like all these different artists at this thing. And you, you feel like, Oh, that person's, that person's judging me or they think they're cooler than me, even though they might not. And I've, and I've figured out. That that's almost never the case, and it's just in, they're in the same place as you. That's right. But you don't think about that, and I and I and I had this ex- experience with my with a good friend of mine. We we did a podcast together, Bobby Bones. He's a, a great radio guy. And well,
0: I think Bobby Bones is also coming on this podcast. Oh, he is. Yes. Well, then he could talk I think to you he's about a meditator. It.
3: He is. Yes. So well, we became good friends, but there was a while where I think we both think, thought we hated each other or something, <laughs> or not hated each other, but just you know you you get in this place and i think we felt like i remember after we did the podcast together and we both kind of t- saw how similar we are and how how we you know we put up a lot of walls and and do all these different things and, and we had to, on his podcast and we realized he he had texted me afterwards and said uh, i think we realized how much alike we actually are instead of not alike. you know cuz if you feel some weird way or oh, they, they think of this thing about me and then you're thinking they're thinking about that about you, and then they're thinking the same thing, and then all of a sudden you're building more into something that was never really even a thing. And it's just interesting. It's it, 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 the the business does that a little bit.
0: This happens in news too, really big time. Really? Absolutely, absolutely. The I find the le- I've had a very happy life. The least happy moments in my life are when I'm comparing myself to other people in the news business. Yeah. And why can't I just be happy when they're successful? Yeah. And I will say that uh, I've I've I continue to struggle in lots of ways and fall short in lots of ways, but the one thing I've had some success on in recent years is actually dropping a lot of that. Yeah, and just feeling good when people are when, with friends, they, when, even when they when they are vastly uh, exceeding anything yeah. I've done.
3: Yeah, because we were all just you know dorks in our hometown at one point, and then we get th- and I'll, I mean, we all are have chased down this thing and somehow through hard work and some luck and whatever it is we've got here and, and you should just be happy for those people. It just like, I feel like the, the world of being in the spotlight creates this weird animal that yes. that. And, and so I, and, and so that thing with Bobby really opened, I think my eyes and now we're, we've became a lot closer now and, and I still have nothing against him at all. And he doesn't, and we both know that and we're both like, wow, we can actually, um, we can not only just be friends, but we can, tell this story to other people and i think that's awesome and that and so now it's became a thing for me where i'm so i'm like i'm always looking for retreats to go on and different things to try to find ways to what kind of retreats mindfulness or oh, really have you done one i haven't because i for me i look at them i'm like is this going to be the most crazy hippie experience of my life or <laughs> i'm like is this going to be too much for me or I, you know because it's I love mindfulness and all that, but I don't know what I'm walking into in those things, which is also like a wall. Like you have to kind of jump mm-hmm. into, get out of your comfort zone. But I never know the right exact ones. But I, 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 I I'll be some? your concierge. Yes. Okay.
0: We'll, uh, we'll talk offline. Offline. Okay. Yes.
3: Okay. But that's what, you know, I, I want to become a thing where it becomes, I don't think near enough people talk about this stuff. And it's like I, I was saying earlier, I feel like it's the most normal thing i mean everybody has different levels of it but everybody has anxiety and everybody could benefit i mean if i could benefit from something i knew nothing about three years ago then maybe you saw somebody in a movie humming and and making some noise and they're meditating or whatever and you're like that's weird (laughs) you know (laughs) to all of a sudden everybody it's been portrayed in this weird way right
0: but i think it's very important what you're doing on two levels one it's really important for somebody in your world to get up and say anxiety is real i've gone through it it's okay mm-hmm. if you've gone through it too you're not defective the brain is an organ like any other organ yeah. we're not embarrassed to say we have got a heart problem yeah. so a and then b and we're going to talk about meditation i hope in a big way in a second to say that you you're interested in meditation you can reach millions of people that i mm-hmm. could never reach and who cuz they they don't care about me but they care about you and that that I think is extremely beneficial because you're normalizing a secular, simple exercise for the brain that can help all of these people. And that is, I just, I I love it. Yes. I love it. As they say at Amica, empathy is our best policy. Whether you need auto, home or life insurance, they're ready to help you protect the things that matter most to you. They're a mutual company, customer owned in service to you. Amica representatives are here when you need them, and you can take comfort knowing a real person will be there on the phone to take care of you because the greatest measure of their success is your satisfaction. You can count on T-Mobile to help keep you connected after investing billions to light up their network from big cities to small towns. T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network.
3: Well, you give me the tools. A lot of them lately. So, I appreciate. So, so when when
0: did the meditation thing start for you?
3: (sighs) You know, I'd say in the last, yeah, the last year and a half, two years. I I opened up to the idea, and I can't remember the exact first way. My brother told me about the Ten Percent Happier book, and then so I always knew about it. But I I've only got into reading in the last. I mean, I've tried to read through the years, but I'm very. Like I'm a, I'm an audio guy or I'm a, I'm a visual guy um, in a way of movies or inst- you know whatever through music so so I hadn't read the book or anything but then I had heard then I had saw about the app and that was all around the time of okay what can I do medication doesn't work for me I know I don't have to worry there's plenty of people that have found ways to cope with this and and move on from it and I've heard a lot of success stories this whole mindfulness keeps showing up a lot more than it ever did in media. Some, and people are sending their CEOs and, and all their staff, you know, in major companies to do mindfulness and it's not some weird thing. Just try it, you know? And, and, and so I, I got the app and I, I started to follow, I started the very basic stuff cause I knew nothing and I really connected with joseph goldstein yeah and, and i when i, I when i saw joseph goldstein I, and you guys talking i there's something because he you picture meditators in all these different ways when you don't know anything about it and he's just this you know stoic guy we just a regular guy. So he seems like he could be a doctor but you know he's so intelligent you know i look at doctors i'm like that guy's like the smartest guy in the world <laughs> and so like i trust this guy already just by seeing him and, and hearing him talk and then I, he just had a comforting way of talking And then I would just start with the, whether it was at home, and I wouldn't do it every day. I still have trouble. I'm I'm trying to make myself make it a habit every single day. I'd do it several days a week. Um, That's still pretty good, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's, I would like, I'm trying to figure out ways to implement the habit.
0: It's very hard for somebody like you because you don't have a regular schedule. Mm -hmm. And your life is very chaotic, not in a... Uh, I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. It's chaotic and it's by design. Like you're a touring musician. Yeah. One day you might be shooting a music video. Another day you're in the studio. Another day you're you're going to Long Island to play a show. Yeah. And and that's that that does make it very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um. So I would give yourself a break, and we can talk about ways to help establish it as a regular habit. Yeah. But just know that it's hard for everybody to make healthy habits, mm-hmm. but it's even harder for you because your schedule
3: is so erratic. Hmm. Well, and that, that goes back to myself of being so hard on myself, like being like, you didn't meditate today, and then you, which is something really dumb to like get really hard on myself, but it, I'll find a way to do it.
0: But, but mm. it's just another thing to be mindful of.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's just another thing to notice. That's a good point. And, and, and
0: I'm just channeling Joseph here, who is a truly brilliant human being yes, and is. one of my favorite people has ever walked on the planet. Yeah. It, it's all just coming and going. Everything, mm-hmm. all these neurotic obsessions that are flitting through our brains, all these desires we have, all these random thoughts, they're just they are just mental stuff. And you can just step back and, and step out of the traffic a little bit in, of your mind, in other words, and just watch the individual cars go yeah. by, right? And that's The waterfall. Yes, yeah, so or about. step out of the waterfall and be like, all right, that was just self-judgment. Yeah. Boom. I don't need to be sucked up into it. Yeah. And it's hard to do. mm but you get better and better over time. You're a year and a half in. Yeah. This is a skill you're building just the way you learned how you learned music yeah. and you mastered it. I don't know that this is meditation. You said before, I feel like I suck at it. Mm. But let me say, when I hear people say that they feel like they suck at it, it tells me one thing that they're doing it right. Yeah. Because that's what this game is. It is quote unquote failing over and over. over and over and over. But then you get good at the failing. Yeah. Right. And the getting good at the failing means just not being yourself up too much. Yeah. And so oh, you will get better over time at seeing whatever's coming up self laceration, anxiety, desire, and uh, not getting so owned by it. And then making mm-hmm. a wise decision of like, okay, no, maybe there is a reason to worry right now, or maybe there isn't, or maybe mm-hmm. this thing that I want, I don't need, or maybe I know no, I actually should chase it. Um, yeah. And then your life just becomes saner. Yeah. And so you are just building that muscle over time, those muscles over time. It's really cool. Yeah, it's so
3: cool. And nobody tells yeah. us this. I know. It's so weird. I mean, I know everybody's on to something. We just, just got to keep shouting to the rooftops. I think it's, it's going to become a very normal thing. It's already yes. becoming up. But it's going to become a, if I had this experience, I know I can, I'm going to tell everybody because I, I would have never thought I'd be doing this stuff. But because I just didn't know anything about it. But I'm so glad I found out about it.
0: How would you say things are going for you now? Uh, you know, because you had a pretty deep hole. You mm-hmm. were in a pretty deep hole, it sounds to yeah. me. And you're working your way out of it. But I mean, yeah. I I would imagine you said you're more than ten percent. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I, but- I yeah, I mean I, I think I've you know, I have my days like everybody, but I I mean I was I was a point where I I remember I had I was I was I was getting ready to um accept an award for uh, a number one song they had, like number one parties of the common and the industry's there and had nothing to be nervous about i was winning an award for which it later ended up being uh the most played song in country music that year what and song it's called beat of the music and we were in this office building bmi um in nashville and they're about to announce And i'm standing side stage and just all my like I should be the happiest guy ever, but my vision, like, my vision's blurred. Mm-hmm. I have the worst temple headaches uh, and because it became a very physical thing for me. And I would always be searching to ask other people, like, you are just, like, I'd always be asking other people because everybody's body takes it different. I'm always looking for somebody else that's experiencing the exact same thing for me. It's because you feel like you're all along in we, that world.
0: You're, you're sitting with somebody who's experienced the exact same yeah, thing. really. And still, I still get it.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, I still get it, too. And that's the thing. I I... I mean, I can't tell you how many times I went to the doctor thinking there's something mm-hmm. really wrong. With me. mm-hmm. I mean, t- I mean, who knows how many trips I went? I've been to the ER several times, and I haven't done any of that. And ever since I kind of got on all this, like you're okay, you're healthy. I'm, a, I'm, a, I, I exercise a lot, I eat well, take care of myself. I mean, of course, there's always something that can happen to you, but I know that I'm okay. If I ha- if I'm having, I, 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 I have. This is me catching myself. I would usually say I have trouble sleeping, but then I'm telling myself that I have trouble sleeping. So I'm <laughs> catching myself being like, "There." If I say, "Therefore, I am," you know, have trouble. Uh,
0: I struggle with it too, actually. Right? Really? Yeah, I have trouble sleeping
3: sometimes. Um, and so, and I, I mean, I there's a point where I had a whole lot of trouble sleeping, and I'd sleep an hour maybe on the bus, Oof. if that. Sometimes, like none.
0: That's not enough.
3: No, and. And I still, I still have trouble that, but I have the thing where I, I can't quite settle in at night, like even last night, and I, you get these feelings that like, like my there's something your, your brain isn't completely awake, but it's not completely asleep. There, I, there's something, there's a name for it, but I still get that kind of uneasy time. That's one of the hardest times for me is at night.
0: You know, we have a bunch of new meditations on the app for sleep. Yes, you can actually just pipe those into your headphones. Yes. and a lot of
3: people find it very helpful i do the melt into sleep actually i've yeah, done that melt I've, into sleep yeah that's yeah. one of the meditations um, yeah. it's, and so i and I've, and I've tried some of that and i what i have trouble with is i try to get myself away from my phone at night so i'm trying to and that's the hardest part i've figured out some people don't have that same problem but i, I, do, <laughs>
0: I do i do breaking up with your phone is another you know thing we've talked about a lot on the yeah. podcast and yes <laughs> it's that's tricky but i mean you can always create exceptions
3: yeah well and i uh, that's a whole another thing i could dive into for an hour and talk about is is how much i would love to not have that ball and chain right there that is a phone he's pointing to his phone yes uh,
0: well no no talk talk about that so wh- uh, why is that why is th- i mean i i agree with you i find the phone incredibly stressful but wh- mm. why is it stressful for you
3: um This is coming from a guy that's very, very active on social media or has been. I mean, even your dog is active. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I've, and it's a great way to connect in, in certain ways, but I got to the point where I was doing it so much and I was being called the Snapchat King of country music and like all these weird things. I was like, what is, what does that mean? What is it? What what, do I really want to be that? What it was, was I was, you know, I connect, it's like getting in front of a camera. I get excited about that, I light up. And so I would, I, I there's things I love about it, but then I got to the point where it became, a, where I have to get up every morning and sing to my phone, because I was doing these things called bedhead jams. <laughs> and I would have to, okay, I'm, I'm spending an, an hour trying to figure out what song to sing. And, uh, and my hair's all, I mean, I don't, like, get myself ready. I look, like, complete, <laughs> you know, my hair, you know. But it became a thing. It was real. It's raw. It's it and and I, I loved doing it. And 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 then it got to the point where it was just when I wouldn't do it, then people would get upset that I hadn't done it. And I was like, what? What? Then I was getting more stressed. And then I started to play a show. So I was giving a lot of myself mm-hmm. before I even got to give myself the time I want to give myself the most, which is on stage. And so that so I. I've always had a thing with the social media. I'm always checking it. And you're also looking for gratification. Or you're looking for people talking about your song or that are loving it. You're, but, but you're also, and and so I started seeing that. I was looking at and I still, I mean, this is still a problem. Um, it's, it's better than it was in ways. But um, you almost search out things until you see something that somebody said bad about you or something. <laughs> and I never called the haters out or anything like that. Um
0: Sometimes when somebody sends me a mean
3: tweet, I like it I yeah oh, that's like, a good
0: that something that people don't like that
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea I share that but that that's so for me, i've tried to change it a little bit like i I do these gratitude journals uh, do it in the morning and at night um instead of the bedhead jams, yeah, like oh, and and it's not every day um and I don't want to get myself into thinking that it has to be every day but but I, what I will share like literally. I'll just write what I'm grateful for. And I do the five minute journal and you post and, it and then I post it and I keep it raw and I, I call out some of my problems or whatever I'm going through that point or an affirmation of, you know, there's affirmation as the end of it. And, you, and I tell, I tell myself I'm going to be a badass today and, and I'm going to do great things and whatever, you know? And so that's what I'm trying to shift my social media to more. Um, but the thing I don't like is just, Going and checking it all the time, because it just it wears me out it really does and 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 i'm I'm kind of probably making fans mad at the same time, but I also got to worry about myself in a way in these kinds of situations where sometimes i I just want to i want to get a flip phone right. and i've thought I'm thinking about doing that for at least a month and I just want to experience it
0: or or um Use the flip phone most of the time, but it, allow yourself, say, one hour a day where you do mm-hmm. social media. I also heard an interesting – I struggle with a lot of the things you're talking about and mm-hmm. at a much lower level yeah. because I don't have millions of fans. But mm-hmm. I uh, I still find myself looking at social media in ways that I don't – I know are not good for me and mm-hmm. definitely a waste of my time. Yeah. Um I heard an interesting idea. There's this great uh, writer. His name is Sean Acor, A-C-H-O-R. He wrote a book called The Happiness Advantage. Okay. And I haven't had him on the show, but I will at some point. And he, he, he was giving a speech before me at a Disney event, actually, the other day. And he said he changed his approach to social media where he doesn't check his own posts to see how many likes there are. All he does on social media, if he's going to check it, is like other people's stuff.
3: Really? Which I
0: thought – it's really an act of, it's basically a practice of generosity yeah. in some ways. And he said it changes. Loving kindness
3: reversal. It's that's like right. Ki- that's right. Sharon Salzberg on, on that's <laughs> right. is going on, on social media. That's cool. Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. And then you actually get excited for what is going on in other people's mm-hmm. world. And it's not like you don't you don't care what is going on in other people's world, but it is a very me, me, me um, thing in social media because you're getting all these things that come in and you're trying to keep up with those and then you don't take the time as much to look at all the other posts because and that's a great that's a great way to look at it
0: i mean i'm not as connected because i'm older than you i'm i'm not as connected to sort of in some ways to the importance of social media for somebody in your position or Mm. frankly for somebody in any position but i guess i would hope that and i mean kind of assume that your fans Will understand if they you're do. dialing back on social media because you want to take care of yourself mm-hmm. so that you can do what they originally that, loved me for. That's or right, around. making great music yeah. and then
3: performing said yeah. music on stage. Exactly, and 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 that it's it's really interesting. I've since I've started talking about this stuff, my fans have been. And it, I've seen an outcry from my fans of saying I deal with all this stuff, and I and I'm so grateful that you're saying this because you know you think they are going to be pissed and then i have backed off and i and i and i think it'll still be a thing for me for a while and it's not like i'm quitting social media now maybe one day <laughs> maybe we all will maybe i mean it's never going to go away but who knows what it's going to become but what i do think is uh, I, I think a lot of people will see a better me on that stage and and is happy when they see me in an interview or wherever i am i just i think that checking it and, and really looking at myself of what 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 use it for the good things, and then just...
0: That's right. It's, we don't have to be anti-technology. Yeah. so You don't have to not ever use your phone. It's or going be there. I mean, yeah, if... that's right. We, we live in an era where the phone and mm-hmm. social media are necessary, but you can create practices so that mm-hmm. you do it better just the way you create a meditation practice, just the yeah. way you've created a music practice. Yeah. Uh,
3: these are all things we do in order to improve ourselves. Well, nighttime is... I think because we're all kind of supposed to be winding down at night. But at nighttime is one of the most popular times. I think a lot of people are looking at their phones and they have it right there in their bed. And I've been guilty of that until the last year I put it on the other side of the room. And then if I'm using it, I, I melt into sleep or whatever, <laughs> you know, right. and then I, but I still, you know, up to an hour before bed or even 30 minutes before I hit the melt into sleep or whatever uh, meditation or do my journaling. I'm still looking at my phone. So these blinking lights and you know, it's a lot. It's not good for your sleep. It's not, it is not a natural thing.
0: I want to, I don't want to let the gratitude thing slip, slip by because I actually think, you know, we've been talking about practices. Like I would say seeing a therapist, something I myself Mm -hmm. do is a practice. These are things that you do. Happiness is not achieved in through pulling just one lever. So it's, not enough just to meditate or just to be a country music star. Mm-hmm. There are lots of things you have to do. Uh Gratitude is one of those things that it can be a little cheesy. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. But I don't – there's a lot of – Sean Acor, the guy who I just mentioned before we wrote this, this book and I saw him yeah. speak, talks right? a lot about the evidence for gratitude and what yep. it can do for you. And um
3: so I just – what has it done for you? Um But think just that because it's not like I – it's not like I'm not happy. I just get so into trying to be the best at what I do. You know, we're, we're all trying to strive for these giant goals and you sacrifice a lot of what you love to do that. And there's good things about that and there's bad things. What I found was when I started to not love it as much um, because I wasn't taking the time to look at, wow, I've got six number one songs or whatever and and i there are a lot of the times where i was moving so fast i didn't take the time to even i mean it's incredible to get that it's so hard to get a song up a chart period now you got six of them well you're always looking at that next one you know you're always looking for i was staying on the side stage um at the grand Ole opry and whispering bill anderson amazing songwriter country music legend Told me he said one thing I regret, and it was this exact same thing. And this is well before phones and any of that, but it's just career advice that I got was I wish I would have took the time and not always look towards that next thing. And Mm -hmm. really, there's so many amazing things going on, and I was looking for that next thing. And what's the next hit? And what's you know? And then then you're never really living in that moment at all. And I was very guilty of that. And and I and I. And so I've always remembered that but I still did the other. And so gratefulness, gratitude journal uh, or any kind of gratitude. I, I I didn't even know what gratitude. I mean I know I know what the word gratitude means, but I didn't know what the practice was. Actually the first time I ever heard kind of about it actually being a thing was I was in New York. And I was up early for for something. I think I had some media that day and I I went and I was getting I was walking to get like a acai bowl or something. And one of Sharon Salzberg's gratitude pieces on the app actually popped up, and and so I'm walking down the it's a it's a it was while walking, loving kindness or 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 it was loving kindness, and then I did a gratitude one. I think it was I can't remember, but anyways I I learned about it, and, I, and I'd heard about it, and I'd read about it, and then I was then I saw about journaling about it, and actually writing it into okay, take the moment to write it down, mm-hmm. and write it down, and the simplicity of holy hell, I'm actually alive. I wake up and I'm alive and I see the sunshine and, and, or whatever. The sun didn't even have to be shining. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And instead of just going on autopilot. And so that, um, or, Hey, I can't, I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to go on good morning America for the fifth time today. I can't, I remember when it was like, I was trying to get to the first one now, I'm, good, you know, or whatever. And it's like starting to write little things like that. Is like, Oh, you're really doing all those things that you try and, and even when none of that good is happening, there's still things to be grateful for, um, right. the, the warmth of your bed the, or whatever. And so I, and I'm, that's still a new thing for me in the last six months of, of me getting into that. But I definitely see how it, I, I try to figure out ways to get more creative with it in my mind of just saying great friends or, you know, I've got friends that care about me. But, you know, I'm always trying to grow in that. But I think it really is a powerful thing to write it down um and then the affirmations things are a great thing too i think of kind of giving yourself confidence of hey i really can do this and i and i don't have to be so hard on myself i'm not going to be so hard on my, you know and different things like that i think those are tools that i've definitely but gra- but gratitude just being grateful for for things that you have i think is a whole another whole another thing that i think it's really helped.
0: it's incredibly helpful the, we have this bias toward negativity yeah um, I think it's probably hardwired into us because, you know, we had to be looking out for threats all the time mm-hmm. when we were living on the savannas uh, back in the day. And uh, it is so easy to take things for granted. Uh, yeah. And it's true for everybody, not just somebody who's a country music star or a news anchor. It's true for all of us. Yeah. And these practices, which, again, I think we both agree can be a little sappy they're there's, I, as I understand it, a lot of science to suggest it works. And, mm-hmm. you know, the aforementioned Sean Acor, who I keep bringing up, who uh, I should get, get him the, on the pod. I really got to get him on the yeah, pod. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about the fact, I, I had started doing this little practice before I went to bed every night of just listing the things I'm grateful for. Uh, and it's always the same stuff. My son, my wife, my job, uh, the whole 10% happier thing. And just, I would just go down the list and often it would put me to sleep. Which is nice, but Sean said, and I think this is why the power of this journal that you're doing. Actually, the trick is to find something new every day, mm-hmm. and I've just in the last couple of weeks since I heard Sean speak, been doing that, and that just really forces you to look yeah. at what's new. And I think that, in and of itself, is very powerful.
3: Yeah, and you and you, and you can't let your judging mind say that's stupid, you know. And that's what I was. And that's that's my thing is like, okay, just you know. I've 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 got these shoes that I can walk down the street in and, and and there's a lot of people, you know, not everybody gets to have that and I feel grateful for that. And I just I can I can there's so many different things as you can and it that you so would otherwise things. never notice. Never notice.
0: I mean I was sitting in a meeting yesterday with my colleagues at Nightline, which is one of the shows I do here, and I was just listening to people they were saying all these really smart things and we're working on this awesome project and i just remember thinking i'm really lucky to get to work with these people yeah and i don't know that i would have thought that you Mm -hmm. know or or i i might have thought it but i would have let it slip by Mm -hmm. and now i uh, i'm just learning to highlight that stuff yeah i think it also just makes you a better person to be around for sure um speaking of things to be grateful for edgar is the dog yes yes tell me about the dog and why he's become so famous
3: um (laughs) Well, and by the way, well, part th- th- of it is from the This that? is
0: this is a, it. Sound, it seems to me if I re, if I heard your story correctly, we could call this an animal practice because you got yes. this dog as a way to sort of make yourself happier.
3: Yes, I had heard. Uh, uh, I think I was in therapy or something. Of, um, and this wasn't the main reason I got him. I always wanted a dog, and my parents hated dogs growing up, mm. or they just they thought they were messy and smelly or whatever. <laughs> and and I helped raise my uncle's dog as a kid, and so I always wanted a Weimariner. And oh, those uh, are cool dogs. and so he's a warm rider in a Vista mix well, so I'd always wanted to get one, so eventually when I got to be a you know grown up and 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 uh have my own place, I was going to get a dog, so I had heard uh, anyways going back to i'd heard in i think it was therapy that people plants and pets or something are good thing are good things for you, so like going to yeah. connect with a friend, plants going out in nature pets, the, the, you know, additional love that you get from a pet. And so I'd heard those, but too, and I was like, I could really use, you know, I'm, I'm, I might play in front of 30,000 people and then I walk off and this is really hard to for people to explain to people because it's such a weird experience, but walking off stage and going onto your bus and you're by yourself after having the most insane adrenaline rush ever, (laughs) everybody's going crazy. Everybody's going crazy, sweaty, walk off. Walk through the backstage, people giving you high fives, and then climbing up on your bus, and it's just you and 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 the walls of a, of a tour bus.
0: What about the band members?
3: They're usually tearing down, or they're they're doing different things, and and so they're they're usually, you know, because they're still playing. Actually, when I'm walking off, they're still playing. So I walk off, I go, I would go onto the bus, and I'd, I'd be there like by myself, and be like, I need like a. You know, don't have a girlfriend or anything at this point. Still don't. Um, and and so okay, you would I, kill it on Tinder, man. You <laughs> could get on there, <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. You know, and I will walk on there, and, and now I've got Edgar to be you know be there with me, and 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 so the way, um, and it just made me more happy. It made me, you know, he's excited that he gets to see you after he's been sitting in the bus now he gets on stage every night so that's <laughs> he does yeah it's it's a crazy thing he, i mean he he became i guess a famous dog even though obviously a dog doesn't know they're famous he became a famous dog through the fact that he was just always in my social media because he's always around me well i'm always on my social media telling about my day or talking i i i, I tend to share random <laughs> on my social media to say whatever and uh, and he's always right there by my side so he and he's a very human-like dog. He's very, you know, he's just one of those dogs that has a personality where he sits up in a chair on the bus he has and he sits in the driver's seat on the tour bus and it looks like he's going to drive it like when it's parked. And he's just very human. He does all these crazy things. So people saw his personality and we have very similar personalities, which I never thought was really a thing with a dog, but I swear it is a thing. Like he's very he's very intro, introverted at times where he's kind of just um, running past dogs and kind of like doing his own thing. And then some days he'll be all crazy with them or whatever. Um, he'll just need his own time at times. And he'll like, you know, kind of growl or, or just moan when, it, when when you're messing with him. He's trying to sleep and he just wants to have his time. And so we just had this, he just has this personality and, and people fell in love with it. And so eventually we created like a uh, Instagram account just because I, I didn't want to be the guy that posted every picture with his dog and every social post, even though every probably fourth one is that. But, uh, and then he just kind of built, I mean, there's so many signs in the crowd for that dog every night. And if I don't bring him on stage, which he's a dog, and I'm trying to get my fans to see that he's not going to be at every show because he's a dog and there's going to be times where he shouldn't have to travel 30 hours to, to get to the, you know.
0: How does he does he not freak out like does he not get nervous going on stage in front of all those people or is he,
3: he used to uh he used to freak out I brought him out the first time in a in a Bjorn and I was one of those... <laughs> so he was across my chest we were but he's in... a big dog right yeah. Well, at that point he was a pup oh, okay okay and so he's a pup and you know he's probably eight pounds at that point or ten pounds. so he's in this Bjorn and we're playing watershed in um in Washington. Which is one of the gorge, which is an amazing venue. If you've never been, you should go. When well, I bring him up um, at Watershed, this amazing festival, huge crowd, and his eyes were just massive. I, I had puppy headphones for him because I, I didn't want him to. So they have like, they look like something you wear when you're weed eating the grass or something, you know, like the, the noise canceling. And uh, they make them for dogs. <laughs> but, uh, and so he had huge eyes. He was kind of freaked out. And then I would, every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, "I'm gonna try to bring him on stage tonight." And he would crawl like on his stomach, like one time. And then I figured out, keep the headphones on him, and then slowly, um, but as long, it, I would only put the headphones on him if we're playing music because I don't want to hurt his ears. But then all of a sudden, he gets so excited because dogs are so food driven that if he knows every night now he's gonna get a treat, so he, you can't even. Contain him when he's about to go on stage. You know, someone from my crew brings him up on the leash, and he's just—I mean—chomping at the bit to get up on stage and and do his trick. I I do. I put a treat on his nose, and he flips it off his nose and catches it in his mouth. (laughs) People go crazy, and they they know that that moment of the show, so they'll start chanting his name. And I'll be like, he's not here tonight. (laughs) So, but yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's been really cool to to have to have that part of part companion out there. I don't want to hold you too long. So just last. I, I got plenty I think, of time. I got nothing. I just got to show tomorrow. So. Okay, what cool. Are,
0: okay. Well, then uh, a few more questions. But d- I'm just curious. I'm asking this kind of out of sequence, but um, we're talking about how meditation has been helpful to you, among other things. I just wonder if you feel now that it could be helpful in music writing, music composing mm. right now, or or maybe at some point in the future, could you imagine the practice somehow being helpful there? Or do you think it's completely, oh, okay, I was going to ask whether it's unrelated. Yeah,
3: in fact, I would, I think it would help you get more creative, even when you're, I mean, the most inspired I get is when I go shut off, go to the islands or something and get rid of my phone and go sit in silence at times, even if I'm not meditating, if I'm not thinking about all this stuff, even if I'm not going to write songs, I get ideas. I get ideas, like, you know, because there's the thing is writer's block or whatever, where Mm -hmm. you're just... You got so much going on in your brain you can't even be inspired or know what to say, even if you got a bunch of stuff going on in your life. And so I think mindfulness, I can get to the point where where I'm going to become, I I really do believe, is that I can eventually be able to have those moments of pure just being and being still and those moments of I could clear my mind and then actually not be thinking about things to where okay I can actually see the world for what it is and not see it for all the crazy things. And I have those moments, but I think I could create more of those moments by just doing nothing and being still. Yeah. I believe. And so I think I've never thought about it, but putting in a songwriting, but if I look at my most inspired times, I always tell, you know, whoever you know, my management or, or everybody at the label, I just need those moments to put blocks on my schedule where I go away and I, and nobody, it's not like I want to go be lazy. I just need that to, you know, everybody needs recharge time, but also for creating. So if I can can continue to grow as in, with mindfulness, I think that it can become a thing where it helps everything that I do, um, and it already does. But I mean, even more so.
0: I've I found just about my own experience that it's incredibly helpful because when you start cutting down on useless rumination, when you're mm. when you're not stuck in the old thought patterns as much. I don't think they go. In my experience, they don't go away all the way. But but you can shave them down. Yeah. Then you're making room for new stuff. Yeah. That's the definition of creativity.
3: Do you do? Do you meditate before you go into a creative situation? You know, I'm not.
0: um, I'm pretty disciplined, dude. But I have never created that discipline. What I have noticed, and when I was writing my last book, Mm. when I hit a block. You know, if I was trying to write something and I just, like, was stuck, I would sometimes be smart enough to step away Mm -hmm. and meditate. Yeah. And all sorts of ideas would come, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the ones I ordered. Yeah. um, And it didn't necessarily solve every problem, but I Mm -hmm. did found that it, um, at the very least, it jarred me out of the sort of circular thing I was probably in. Sometimes, like, oh, actually, an answer would come but yeah. you can't expect it because, literally, the worst thing you can do in meditation is have expectation mm-hmm. because that's the kiss of death. Yeah,
3: it is. Well, when you get that point in creating and you're trying to write something so hard, and you're trying to write something and you you want it so bad, but you're you're putting so much pressure on it that it's probably not gonna. I've, I've been I was writing a song yesterday and I, and I remember I could I could feel that energy drop like when you're really excited. And then you get so frustrated because you can't you you can't figure out how to make and you can't make yourself excited about it. That would be the time I think to step away and yep. and do that because I mean I, literally yesterday with um, and this was co-writing, so I about to be like, hey, I'm gonna go out to my car and, and uh, sit <laughs> in silence. But but uh, I could definitely figure out ways to do it where you know go on a walk or, or whatever and kind of or whatever. I mean, if you can't be instilled. but but I think that is that is a good point and, and something that another thing that i I haven't even really thought about that but i think it's true for sure
0: before we go can we can i for people who may be just hearing you on this show for the first time Mm. can you just do some shameless plugging at my so it's not shameless because i'm forcing you to do it but like tell us what you you know what albums we should check out like where to find you on social media yeah all that kind of stuff
3: yeah um so i've i'm on my third i guess my well, my fourth album, um, I did, it was put out last year, and uh, one of them's a Christmas album, so that was, um, I put out a couple years ago. So I'm I, uh, my fourth album, i What's it called? The newest one is called Brett Eldridge. That's <laughs> just my name. Simple. So, self-titled. Um, my first one was Bring You Back, my second one was Illinois, and my Christmas album was Glow, and now this one is just my name. <laughs> and so, uh, so it's self-titled, but then um, I... I moved to Nashville when I was um, in college. Went to MTSU, Middle Tennessee State. I transferred there. I got my a degree, and right before I got my degree, which was in university studies, which I still don't really know what that means. It's like a general gotcha. degree because okay. I was. I just wanted to write songs and be a singer, and so I, I signed a publishing deal. Signed signed to a Warner Warner Music and Atlantic Records, um, and eventually here we are. I got country hits and a and, uh, successful Christmas album. You can find me on Instagram at Brett Eldridge, my name at Brett Eldridge on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. So.
0: This has been a huge and, pleasure.
3: Man, a huge pleasure. I, I will uh will continue to, to listen to all your work. And, Thank you. And, uh, and, and I think it's an amazing thing you're doing. And and uh, we'll stay in touch. Hopefully you can, you can give me more insight on in things I can do to make myself better at, it, and we'll all try to become better because we're never going to be we're never gonna amazing, be but we're always going to strive to be
0: better. I, I commend you for what you're doing. Not only the work you're doing in your personal life, but also that you're talking about it publicly. I yeah.
3: think it's very important. So I, I salute it well, Two times. It's, uh, it's definitely a passion of mine. I, I see myself one day doing a whole lot with it. I think um, the more and more I just kind of work... You know, I'm, I'm getting it right for myself, and then I can really even understand it even more. I, I mean, I'm learning tons of stuff here today. It's like I want everybody to have those kind of moments and, and see we're all in it together.
0: I'm going to get you on a meditation retreat. Yes, please that, do. That's going to happen. All right. All right, man. Thank you very man, much. I appreciate really you. Appreciate thank it. you.
1: And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.
4: I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition.
2: I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors
4: are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash
2: prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life.
4: I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you wanna understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station tonight.